0: Go, Shane. Learned something. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all ain't ne- y'all ain't never been in a good church service till I've closed my Bible and walked out on y'all, jokers. So it, it's a uh, it, it's coming. Tori Tory Tori Brown has never got to experience something like that. And uh, so I have in this place a few times. Had to just shut her down on uh, the first point because. Uh it, the next two points they were just gonna be wasted. Everybody I'm not real sure where they was, so there's no sense in preaching when ain't nobody listening. So um anyway. All right. Well, uh I I kinda didn't mean to tell you a story. Um, but we're we're I told you we was gonna finish up that uh first Peter deal on humility and leadership, and we were, uh, but I wasn't here. Um we took off a couple of days and went went to the beach and i i will say this the beach the beach is always fun uh but it's not near as much fun when it's cold and the wind's blowing and uh so um i had a good time but if you if 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 you're asking me to go back in february again and the wind's blowing and it's cold i'm probably going to say no uh so my girls would say otherwise, but I, I like it. If I'm going to the beach, I like for it to be uh, sun shining and and uh, and at least the wind not be blowing and it be somewhat warm. So um, but I wasn't here, so uh, I'm gonna finish this thing tonight. We we've been dealing, we dealt with like I don't know three or four Wednesdays, uh, with this idea of humility and leadership, and um, we come out of First Peter chapter number uh, chapter number five is where we were. First Peter chapter number five. And, and uh, bro, bro it's not, they're not all gonna be on uh, on the screen. we I just put the new part on there, and uh, so which is, it's just fine. Uh, you you can listen till we get to the new part. Um, but um, I, I I figured I'd just throw the new stuff on there, and, and then if you want to take notes over the stuff that we already been through, then then so be it. Um, but but we, we we come up with this understanding and this idea. Uh, of this this deal with humility uh, within our leadership, humility within our leadership, and, and why that's such a big deal. Why 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 is this idea of humility uh, in leadership such a big deal? Well, um, there there is a principle. Um, thank you, man. There is a principle out of Second uh, Second Corinthians thirteen and verse number ten. I want you to listen to it. Therefore I write these things, uh, being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. So uh, Paul in 2 Corinthians 13, he, he makes a principle for you and me, he makes a contrast to power. And he says, I, I've got power and the Lord's given me this power and I can either use it to destroy you or I can use it to build you up. And, and here's the deal, uh, Paul knew that even with the most carnal people, and, and the people at Corinth were very carnal, uh, they, they had a lot of carnal ways to him. Paul knew uh, that if he come in this thing and all he ever did was tear them down, then you know what, he, he was going to be in a mess because that wasn't the power that God gave him. God gave him a power that, yeah, I mean, there, with, with pride there needs to be some tearing down. But absolutely, uh, our main objective in the power that God gave us was for edification. It was to build up, and that that should be the leadership approach that that we use. Uh, we should use the same leadership approach in 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 what we do, and, and at this church that God gave us, we should be able to use the leadership approach that that we're here to see people built up. Now, a, a big process of of learning in church is the process of unlearning. Right. Especially if you've lived a long time um, and you came into church later on, then, then you know, are you like me. You came into church. who's 24. I spent a long time unlearning some stuff uh, that the world taught me and that, that the world taught me was, you know, for lack of a better terms, spiritual. And it really wasn't spiritual. So a lot of learning is unlearning. Well, so here we are and we're dealing with Paul. Uh, I mean we're, we're dealing with paul's understanding of what a leadership approach should be and then the same thing i I, I want you to see uh, from first Peter chapter number five is Peter gives us a look into this same idea of of leadership and what our leadership should be um, now i did I, I did i did for clarification purposes give you uh, the the understanding uh, that 1 Peter chapter number 5, the very first part of 1 Peter 5, it is directed uh, mainly to elders, uh, which is another term in your Bible uh, that we use for pastors, and why, why would I be saying that? Well, because it, it's a big deal for pastors to be the exemplary, uh, exemplary uh, person in terms of leading but at the same time, every single person in here, every person that has somebody following them is a leader. That's really the big takeaway. That Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I'm the, I'm the pastor. Uh, Brother Dylan's a pastor at this church. But here's the thing. We should be setting the example in terms of leadership in terms of how we lead how we lead our homes and how we lead this church and why is that such a big deal well because that sets the 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 pattern for what that should be and how that should how that should take off so let's look at 1st Peter chapter 5 and verse 1st Peter 5 and verse number 1 the elders which are among you I exhort whom also an elder and the witnesses and the witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Uh, verse number 2, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Verse 3, neither being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. Uh, verse 4, when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory. So, so here's, here's Peter's idea of, of teaching leadership. Here's Peter's idea of teaching leadership. The very first thing he does is he kind of gives a qualifier for who he is, and he says, hey, this is who I am. This is where I've been. This is what I've seen. But then he starts out in verse 2, and he says, feed the flock of God. Leaders, he said, you need to feed the flock of God. Now, he gives, uh, he gives us a lot of understanding into um, into this idea of feeding the flock of God. Now, obviously, we look at Peter's life, and we've seen this is not the first time this phrase has ever been uh, used with Peter. Uh, we know that Jesus Christ used this phrase with Peter, but 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 it's, it's really important to understand. It's really important to understand. If you are going to lead, if you're going to lead the people that you're going to lead, you need to make sure that you're feeding them. That is like leadership 101, that you need to make sure that you're feeding the people that you're leading. Now, you say, well, this is to pastors. This is to Christians. This is to pastors, but this is to Christian pastors. This is first and foremost to Christians. You say, well, well so I'm a, I, I, am, I am let off the hook if I'm not a pastor. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're not let off the hook if you're not a pastor. Why? Well, because you're a Christian. And 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 the understanding of the, the Western civilization as we've known it has totally warped what it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Totally warped it, man. Man, a disciple was a follower. In, 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 in those days, man... If you said you was a disciple, what about Gamaliel? You know, was it Paul? Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He was a disciple of Gamaliel. He sat at the feet of this rabbi. What's the big deal with that? Well, here's what happens when you say you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are literally a follower, someone that sits at the feet of Jesus Christ. Well, you're a learner. Here's the thing. Make sure you understand. Disciples disciple. They reproduce themselves. That's what they do. Just by default, they're, they're teachers. Just by default, guess what they do? They feed sheep by default. Real disciples feed sheep by default. Amen? Does that make sense? Um, it, what, what was the Lord? He told, he told the disciples, Hey, you follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. By default... The default was if you follow me, what? I'm going to make you a fisher of men. That was the default, right? Uh, of what? Following Christ. And so it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this phenomenon that, that we say, oh man, you know, I, I I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher, I'm not this, I'm not that. No, no, no. The default here is that you feed sheep. The default is that you feed sheep. So what do you feed them? You feed them the word of God. Well, well, so you're saying that, you know, I'm supposed to know the word of God. Well, that's kind of the drum we've been beating for a long time. (laughs) So, so an observation that we made was a spiritual leader who does not feed those uh, they lead does not love them, uh, excuse me, does not love the Lord nor those they lead. They do not love the Lord nor those that they lead. Now I want to say, let me say this, it ought to hit home. It ought to hit deep home. Because every mom and dad and and every mom and dad and every grandma and grandma in the room, especially I would say those four, you have a unique privilege that you carry with you in that fact that you you do hold the title mom, or you do hold the title dad. you do hold the title of granddad or 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 uh, or grandma. Why is that such a big deal? Well, you have a little bit more influence just by default of the title. It's just the way it goes. You've got more influence and and, and, and a big deal here is the spiritual leader. And don't discount. I, I, you know, I, I think it's. I think it's sometimes it's uh, even grandparents. They discount how big of an influence they could be in their in their grandkids' life, and they fail to feed those sheep as grandkids. Well, that should be their parents' job. Well, it should be, but most of them ain't doing it. So so just do it. You know. Uh, so so we made that observation. A spiritual leader who does not feed those they lead does not love the Lord nor those that they they lead so not only they feed the sheep but then they lead the sheep um, and, and we we dealt with some stuff uh, in leading the sheep not by constraint but willingly nor for filth, not uh, not for filthy lucre but of ready mind uh, neither as being lords over God's heritage but being in temples of the flock and when the chief shepherd shall appear you shall receive a crown of glory that shall not fade away um, I, I'm not going to, I'll hit the high spots spiritual leaders uh must not lead forcefully, uh, they must lead voluntarily, uh, they must not lead selfishly, uh, but they must lead of a clean mind. And, and why, why is that such a big deal? Well, uh, that, that's, just, that's just good leadership principles in general. They shouldn't lead uh, as sovereign, but they should lead by example. No person is going to be able to lead as, as the sovereign authority in anybody's life. I'm never going to be the sovereign authority in anybody's life. And you're never going to be the sovereign authority in anybody's life. It should lead by example. Amen? That should be how we lead, right? We, we're, we're never going to be, as, as much as we want to be, we're never going to be the sovereign authority. And, and, and as soon as we can get that in our head, the better off we'll be. Uh, in, in, in everything that we do, right? Uh, raising kids, uh, r- raising people, in, in, as far as discipleship ministry goes, uh, raising people in discipleship, you're never going to be able to lead as, a so, as sovereign, as the sovereign authority. Raising kids, you're never going to be able to lead as the sovereign authority. That's why, I'm, you know, my kids are getting older. Uh, there's some decisions that I'm having to let them make on their own. I, I can't make for them. Um, now, now it will, the tell. The of the tape will be how I led as an example, right? Uh, in terms of what they do, all right. So, people, uh, pe- pe- you can't you can't leave as lead as a sovereign authority, but but by example. Uh, then, then we 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 carried on into um, carried on into this next section. Um, let, let's go to I, I think, bro. I what's under? Okay, yeah, we're getting there. Okay, um, so we, we we dealt with with the leadership side of of this whole thing, but but let's let's take it let's take it another step. And tonight, I want to deal with the followership side. I want to deal with the followership side. Now, f- leadership and followership are are really hand in hand. They're not two separate sides. What, 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 what do I mean by that? Well, here, here's, here's what I mean by that. Somebody that doesn't follow well will never lead well. Somebody that can't follow well will never lead well. Why is it? Because they're the same. They're really the same. Following and leading are, are actually the same. you got to have the same traits to be a great follower that you have to have to be a great leader. Now, all, not all great followers are going to be great leaders, but if you don't have the traits as a great follower, you'll never be a great leader, not in God's economy. Now, you can be in the world, but how many of you understand that there's two different sides to that? The world's economy is this, and, and God's economy is way over here, right? So, so it's just everything in the world's economy is completely backwards to God's. So if you want to be low... If you want to be high in the world, then you know. uh, If you want to be high with the Lord, then then you got to become low, right? Uh, You know, uh, unless you become as little children, uh, you know. There's there's this idea God God only deals with only only deals with foolish people. That's how God works, right? God God chose the foolish things to confound the wise. And and why why is that such a big deal? Well, because God wanted to make sure that He exemplified I am totally opposite of the world. Well, what's in the world? The lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and and they're consumed with that. And God's like, you know, I I'm over here on this side. I'm a completely different I'm a completely different kind of deal. So so uh, so how do we follow? Well, we we follow the same way we lead in humility you follow the same way that you lead and and I and I may have said this I, I can't remember but humility is one of those traits that we secretly desire to excuse me that we secretly desire to see in others more than we desire to see in ourselves we're always looking for somebody else to be humble and see it in other people far greater than we are our own selves and and, and you know there's probably somebody in here right now and, and you've lived the life and, and you've said hey uh, I mean, I, I should have wished they were humble. You know, the, the, this is the thing, the trait that is essential for glorifying God in your life is humility. It absolutely is humility. Humility is not concerned with self. The culture that we live in is. Humility is concerned with edifying and God being glorified. And And so I, I want us to, to make sure that, that we get this, verse number 5, if you got your Bible up, Hebrews, uh, excuse me, 1 Peter 5, in verse number 5, likewise you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another, be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and give, giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Uh, now, now we, spent a, uh, we, we spent some time uh, looking at humility over the last several weeks, and we looked at it, though, in, in terms of, of leadership, but how big is this humility thing in terms of, of following? Look what he says. Likewise, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elders. So I want to talk to you about this humility in leadership. Um, there, there's some things that that we need to understand if if we're going to if we're going to lead the sheep, and then if we if we're going to lead sheep, and then as as people that are going to follow, we need to understand some things. Number one, we need to understand that it's going to take humility to come under spiritual authority. It's going to take humility to come under spiritual authority. Now, that is a concept that is rather foreign to the world. Why? Well, because it's not something that we really want to do. And, 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 and so, I think it's even proven itself out with the way jobs are nowadays. Most people really struggle to come under authority of any kind, right? I mean, we're, we're, a, we're, in a, we're a rebellious society. Uh, we're, we, we rebel against all kinds of authorities, we, we rebel against things uh, when, when there's really no need to rebel, just because rebellion's in our heart, we rebel. And the Bible gives a lot of attention to the subject, uh, of, uh, the subject of coming under authority in, in the Word of God. Look, Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12, wherefore my beloved, he's always obeyed, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 14, If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Hebrews 13 and verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they must give an account They may do it with joy, not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you. So so this idea of of, of followership and following can't be without humility, and you'll never come up under under the uh, spiritual authority that you need to come under without humility. Uh, Look at at the second one. Look at this this next one. Uh, Servants to the spiritual body. Servants to the spiritual body. Look. Yea... All of you be subject one to another. Now, now this is going to be a big one. Without humility, this place will be a train wreck when it, when it comes to being servants to the spiritual body. He says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Now, remember, this started out where uh, the 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 exercise, if you would, was for pastors to be humble. Was for elders to be humble. And remember, we took the leadership principle out of this. That we're not just talking about uh, lead, we're not just talking about pastors and elders. We're talking about men and women that are leading people. Man, the the idea here is to to humble yourself. Well, well, here's the same here. He, so he throws it back on a congregation of people, and he says, likewise. Here it is, yea, all of you be subject one to another, be be servants to that spiritual body. Be subject to that spiritual body. You can say it like this, to the the humble, there is no scenario where pride is accepted. Look at Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and verse 21. this This is a really interesting verse. Because it gives a little bit more context even into what we're talking about in 1 Peter chapter 5. Look what he says. Submit yourselves one to another. What, what, what is that next phrase? In what? In the fear of God. In the fear of God. Submitting yourselves one to another. And now now here, here's what I would say. You could say, yeah, all of you be subject one to another. You could buck up and you could say, I'm not going to do that. that that's, that's absolutely too far. I'm not going to do that. But but then let's take it another step and go to Ephesians 5.21. He says, submitting yourselves one to another. And how do you do that? In what? Let's all say it again. The fear of God. Well, to, we, we believe in uh, letting the Bible interpret the Bible. And so let's, Let's look and see what the fear of God is. How about that? Psalm 19 and verse number 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So the fear of the Lord is clean. Our Proverbs 8 and verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. So, so, the fear of the Lord is is teaching me. Uh, that that to understand the fear of the Lord, I need to know what I hate, right? Amen. Well, and, and, and so so the fear of the Lord is clean, and fear of the Lord is to hate the evil and pride, hate evil and pride and arrogance and the evil way and the froward mouth. But look at Acts chapter nine that. Then had the churches, uh, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified, walking in, in what? In the fear of the Lord. But, but notice what is coupled with the fear of the Lord in the New Testament in Acts. And in what? In the comfort of the Holy Ghost. You see that? He, he says submitting yourself, remember, yea, remember, yea, ye, all of you be subject one to another. In Ephesians 5, 21, submit yourselves, it's same, same wording, submitting yourselves one to another, not just, not just anyway, but in the fear of the Lord. And, and then Acts gives us a real clear picture that when we're walking in that fear, when we're walking in the fear of the Lord, there's there's comfort of the Holy Ghost. When you're walking in the fear of the Lord, there's comfort in the Holy Ghost. That's a big deal. Why? Well, because the Holy Ghost loves for you to walk in the fear of the Lord. All right, look at Acts chapter 9. Uh, Excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved, let let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 7? Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Look at one more, Philippians chapter 2. Let nothing be done through, uh, through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, esteem each other better than themselves. Now, all of that, all of that, 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 that understanding, that submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord, and, and here it is, and letting nothing be done through vain or strife, uh, through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness or, or humility. This, this lowliness is is a humility of mine. Let each esteem other better than themselves. So so why would I do that? Why would I let myself be be ran over in in a in a in a, in in this weak hearted state? Why would I do that? Why would why would I be? Uh, uh, and, and look, I know God God ain't looking for nobody to be a doormat. I'm, and I'm not saying that. But, but you may say, I feel, like, I feel like my humility has caused me to be a doormat. Well, here, here's, here's, here's what I want to throw out to you. This is, this is what I want to throw out there to you. Your humility and your submission one to another Should be in the fear of the Lord, and if and if it's in the fear of the Lord, if if I'm submitting myself to you in the fear of the Lord, then guess guess what? There should be some comfort of the Holy Ghost. What what are you saying? I'm saying that you you might not be doing this whole humble thing right. If you're walking around saying, oh man, I'm tired of being a doormat. I'm tired of, I'm tired of these jokers always kicking me while I'm down. I'm tired of being the guy that's got to do this and got to do that. And God, well, what could it be? It could be even in your own flesh, you're, you're doing what you can to muster up some humility, right? And, and you're tired of being a doormat. The only reason you should be humble, you, you should be humble in the fear of the Lord. You should submit yourself one to another. You should, uh, you, you should be subject one to another in the fear of the Lord. And when that happens, when that happens, there's some comfort in that. Why? Well, because then, guess what? You're not doing it. You're not doing it for yourself anymore. You're not doing it for you. You're, you're not, you, you know what? You're doing it to please the Lord. You're doing it because that is pleasing to the Lord. Now, I, I want to look at Galatians 5 and verse 15. This, this gives us another uh, gives us another little, little deal, a little, uh, little, little Christian cannibalism. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Now remember, this is a polar opposite. Galatians 15 is a polar opposite to Ephesians 5.21. It's a polar opposite to, to 1 Peter chapter 5. Why? Well, because these are people that's biting and devouring one another. They're not sub- submitting themselves and subjecting themselves. Well, no, no, no. They're biting and devouring one another. And, and he says, take heed that you don't consume yourselves. That your Christian cannibalism, you don't eat the person that's sitting on the pew beside you. Right? You see what God's trying to tell us here. Here, here's the deal. God's like, man. Look, this humility and in in, in in following, this humility and leading, in in humility and following, they're they're the same. You see, greater hope wins if we, as a church, maintain a posture of humility with each other. The people that get prideful, they're the people that mess everything up. Always, if I get prideful, you know. I'm I'm just gonna jack everything up. We get prideful. We start mouthing off and saying junk we shouldn't say. We get prideful. And we we can't keep our can't keep our tongues. Can't keep, can't do this. Can't do that. You know. We just gotta have the last word. We gotta do this. We gotta do that. I, I I don't I don't care what it is. You you only by pride comes contention. And and so 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 we gotta make sure that that we're doing this thing in the fear of the Lord, right? Uh, the next one is is covered, and and this is a good lead-in to what I was just talking about. Covered uh, with self-abasement, covered with self-abasement, and be clothed with humility, and be clothed with humility. He he, he says, "Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and, and and be clothed with humility." Why why now I I, I looked up this. Uh, this deal of, 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 of being clothed with some things through the Bible, spiritual things through the Bible. I want to give you a couple of things that I, I thought was rather interesting. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 6, and verse 41. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priest, O Lord, be clothed. With salvation, <laughs> you you gotta quit messing with that boy. Let thy priest be clothed. Here it is. You ready? With salvation, why why is that such a big deal? Well, in the New Testament, yet what are we called? Anybody know it? We're called starts with the P. Come on, yeah, you know, this is easy. Not people either. Priests and kings. And it says that Jesus Christ has made us that. Now, now, how would he... how He's made us priests and kings. And so this look in 2 the, in, in the Chronicles 6, O Lord God, be clothed. Uh, let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. And let thy saints rejoice in goodness. Job 29, verse 14, I put on righteousness, righteousness, and it clothed me. Psalm 132, verse 9, let thy priest be clothed with righteousness. Verse 16, I will also clothe, uh, clothe her priest with salvation. Isaiah 61 in verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in God. For he hath clothed me with a garment of salvation. And he had covered me with a robe of righteousness. And the bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. Now we know this is this Old Testament picture is a thing, it is, is an is a idea, an illustration of things that are to come as a permanent, right? What is that permanent? All right, you ready? Romans 13, verse 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus. All right, guys, here's the deal. There's some things in that Old Testament that they were covered with that they got a, a covering. And, and it's, it's an interesting thing that in the New Testament, that, that in the New Testament, that this idea of being clothed with humility is tied to what the Old Testament priest to which you and me have been made in the New Testament by Jesus Christ were clothed with. They are clothed with salvation. They were clothed with righteousness. And he tells us to be clothed with humility. You know what salvation and righteousness should bring to our lives? It should bring humility. That's what it should bring. Why should it bring that? It ought to bring humility over the sheer fact that any of us even got a chance to actually be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. See, being covered w- w- with this self-abasement, it- it's 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 an act of abasing pride. It's, it's an act of... Of laying your pride down. It's an act of being lowly in mind. Why? Well, because God hates pride. God hates my pride. God hates your pride. God hates everybody's pride. So this idea of following, it comes at the price of, of being clothed with humility. Look at the last one, if you would. Uh, surrendered to the sovereign hand of God. Surrendered to the sovereign hand of God. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Now, th- th- this this is a big deal. Um, we we, we, we got we to gotta see, see this. You, you know what? Uh, yeah, l- l- let's just look at it. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and, and here it is, that He may what in due time exalt you. That He may exalt you in due time. Now, I, I want, I want to, I want to look at, I want to look at this, and we'll, we'll have to look at it quick. But I, w- I want to look at something uh, in terms of our surrendering to the mighty hand of God. In terms of our, in context of our following. So, you know what makes you and me a Christian that's pleasing to the Lord? Us being, us being, us being surrendered or humbled under the mighty hand of God. Well, what happens? Well, he, when we do that, he exalts us in what time? Due time. Okay? All right, so this idea of due time is appointed time, right? Whose appointment is it? No, no. Or, or who makes the appointment? Well, that, that's a better question. Who makes the appointment? Who? God. God makes the appointed time, the due time, right? Does that make sense? Okay. So God makes the time. Right, look, look, I'm going to get ahead of myself. All right. right. Second Kings 22, verse 19. Because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, and when thou heardest, uh, when thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and hast and hast rent thy clothes and wept before me. I have also heard thee, saith the Lord. All right, because of a tender heart and a humbled spirit, and and the fact that he heard the pronounced word against that place, I have heard thee. Look, look at Proverbs twenty nine, verse twenty three. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Isaiah two: the lofty looks of a man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. Uh, shall be bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. All right, now look, look as we get in the New Testament. Check this out. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, a and he that humbleth himself he shall be exalted. Uh, chapter 18 and verse 14. I tell you that this man went down. That this uh, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. James 4 and verse 10. Humble yourself uh, yourselves in the sight of God, and and what? What is he going to do? He's going to lift you up. Okay. Why Why is that such a big deal? Here's why I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal because the, because because we believe the Bible has taught that there are spiritual stages of maturity. And, and, and we know that uh, that the world that the world teaches us we we learn some things spiritually by looking around at the world right we know there's a god because we look around the world right Everybody, that makes sense are the the world it, we look in 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 the world and we see that how many of you know that there's spiritual i mean that there's physical stages of maturity right okay could could it possibly just be that in this idea, in the context of following and fellowship, that there's so many people that are trying to escape being humbled. Now, now you you got to picture this with me. When you humble yourself, and you humble yourself under. The mighty hand of God. You're in a covering. You're in the covering of the hand of God. That's got, got you covered, man. And when you won't do that, you step outside from that covering. Well, God has given us the. You ready? The New Testament, Ephesians 4, structure of the church as a covering for fellowship. Now here's what happens. When you step outside of that covering, you no longer have that covering. Well, here's what we want to do. We want to build a big on-ramp, and we want to get as many people to doing as much stuff as fast as they can do it. Uh, you know, that's, that's a lot of the modern the modern church movement, the, the, big, uh, the big movements that went on back in the, in the 90s. That's what they were. All they were, they built on-ramps. That's what they did. They built on-ramps to get people involved to where they could feel like they were doing something in the church. They weren't discipling people. They weren't, seeing people, they weren't seeing people fall at the feet of Jesus. They were seeing people fall at the feet of a church. Well, here's what happens when you do that. You, it, it, without being under the, the hand of God, without humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God, that you may be exalted. in and remember, what time, what time do we say? Due. Due time. And who is, it's your, your time. It's your appointed time. But who's making the appointment? God. Well, when is he gonna make the appointment for me? In his due time. Not in mine and not in yours. And this idea that that we gotta build we gotta build a, a platform to get people from from here to there and streamline the process because Jesus is coming back. There ain't no getting around being humbled under the mighty hand of God in his due time has got to hit first before that person is exalted. Does that make sense? Why? Because, friend, if you get exalted before your due time, that whole clothed with humility thing's out the window. How you know? I've been there and done that. I, I, you know, it don't take much in a Baptist church for somebody to notice you. You just don't why, because they're struggling so bad they can't even see straight. I mean, you know, I don't know if you here Sunday morning. I think there were like 17 people in here on Sunday morning. Well, we, you know, we're a little, little, on the slim side. I mean, it was like, man, somebody trimmed the fat off this cow because there ain't nothing going on around here. Uh, what, well, you know, I come into church. And I got a little fire to me. I know I got saved. I wasn't going nowhere. Couldn't nobody drag me to church a log chain. I mean, I, you know, I was there. I was, I mean, I was glued to that place. Well, before long, they, they start pushing you past your time of, your, your due time. You see, that's God's time. But God's time Comes, you ready? You ready for this? It comes through the process of the local church. That's what God bled and died for. God put the structure in place. God's local church is the, is the place where God uses to exalt people to places that God can use them. It's how God works, man. And for people to come out from under that. You don't know how many people I've seen leave a church. I, I talked to a guy at Home Depot the other day, and and, and he's mad. He's mad at, at um, guys mad at his at his pastor. Well, brother, I you know I'm, I'm disgruntled right now. He's a preacher, and what? what long story short, uh. Found out that, that his home wasn't all it was cracked up to be. His pastor confronted him, talked to him and his wife. You know, his wife says, well, I wasn't really never for this preaching thing, no way. I didn't sign up for this. Well, well, the pastor's like, well, hey, man, wait. I take a couple steps back. Sit down a little bit. Chill out. You know, it'd be fine. Just take a few breaths. Just pray. Man, do some work in the house. Dude walks out of that meeting. Do you think he's clothed in humility? you think he's humbled under the mighty hand of God? He roasted that preacher all the way home with his wife. She cussed him for everything, that preacher for everything he's worth, and he he let her do it. You know what that is? It's coming out from under the mighty hand of God to exalt yourself before your due time. Humility has to be in leadership as much as it is followership. And humility has to be in followership as much as it is leadership. And the two go hand in hand. You want want some influence? You want to be able to lead one day? You want to be able to do it? It's going to take being humble. But being humble enough to say, hey, you know what? I hope that the Lord lets that preacher see. I hope that the Lord lets that, that body see. I just want to serve the Lord. There ain't, no, there ain't a bigger turn off to the Lord than you want to serve you and title it you're serving the Lord. If I could say... If I could say anything that would bring the whole thing around and, and just sum it all up, it would be it would what it would be what I seen in Lucifer's heart. Isaiah 14 verse 13. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. There is a a definite satanic agenda against God when we come out from under the humbling of the mighty hand of God. There's a veiled form of pride that is attempting to handle things on our own. And it ain't of the Lord. So, tonight I'd like for us just to pray. Pray about about this humility and fellowship. This humility in in being surrendered to our brothers and sisters. in, In being submitted to them in the fear of the Lord. Um we'll just take a minute. Man, you just do some business with the Lord in your in your in your pew and and then I'll pray. All right. Lord, with with our with our hearts pointed in in the right direction, Lord, I I pray, uh, God, that we can all see, or just how big a deal it is. Uh, to follow, right, God, to 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 follow the Lord, it means to come up under the 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 umbrella of the local church, and and God, what you've called and set up there. God, not that that anybody's ever going to follow a perfect man because they're not. There's every man that we will ever follow will will always be a flawed man in some way. But God, don't let the fact that that we're following flawed men keep us uh, from understanding that we, we fall up under the mighty hand of God. When we we fall under the the structures that you've given us in our local churches. God, I pray that you uh, Lord that you bless this this whole thought that we we've dealt with with humility and, and leadership and uh, God that you be glorified in it. and Lord that you honor uh, that you honor what's been said in, in it. And I pray God that you help us to apply it and take what we what we learn. And God, will just, we'll follow you, we'll walk with you, and we'll do what you've called us to do as as servants. Lord, I I pray that you would, uh, Lord, that you bless us as as we go, and and God, that you just, Lord, you use this time to really burden us in terms of of how we're following you. Lord, I I love you, and I pray that you bless us, bless this church, give us what we need to be uh, sustaining.